I've taken the time to study the all 22 coaches film from the Buffalo Bills week seven loss to the Patriots. And I'm sharing my top takeaways today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, folks, you know what time it is. We're going to break down my observations from studying the All Twenty Two Coaches film, which is what I did all day on Monday. I just finished, and now it's time to have a conversation about what I saw. But before we get there, just before I recorded this podcast, we heard from Sean McDermott, and he shared some pretty big news and that Dawson Knox, the Bills' tight end, is going to be having wrist surgery. He's going to miss time, and how much time, we don't know. Of course, Sean McDermott didn't provide us a timetable, but you you can expect this to be a lengthy recovery, right? He's not going to be playing anytime soon. And I shared with you guys that he was playing through a very significant wrist injury and then he probably shouldn't be playing. Some of y'all yelled at me and said I was making excuses for Dawson Knox. Just trying to tell you that he's playing with a big-time wrist injury and he's having surgery for it now. Now, obviously, that has an impact on this offense. It's a 12-personnel offense, and so your, I guess, number one tight end in Dawson Knox is – now going to miss time. Quentin Morris has a high ankle sprain. And so you have this Dalton Kincaid guy as really your only available tight end. I'm sure the Bills will look at their practice squad and Joel Wilson will probably get an opportunity to come up to the active roster, but you know they're going to need to add some reinforcements here. And I'm guessing this is going to really make it difficult to run a lot of 12 personnel until either Q Morris or Dawson Knox are available. And so We'll see if there's a shift structurally with the Bills' offense, if they have to go back to more three and four wide receiver sets, if they use Reggie Gilliam in some different ways. But there's an impact here. I know that nobody's overly happy with Dawson Knox right now, and you might be not thinking this is much of an injury to be concerned about, but it is an injury that impacts the structure of the Bills' offense, whether he's making plays or not, and there's going to be a shift. And so I'm curious to see what that looks like. I guess your silver lining here is that Dalton Kincaid is going to have a lot more opportunity. And we saw that ramp up against the Patriots, had a great game, and I'm sure he'll get even more of that moving forward. So kind of a nice stage here for Dalton Kincaid to really emerge as what I'm hoping to be the number two option in this passing game after Stephon Diggs. So with that out of the way, let's get into the tape and what what I observed. And we'll get into offensive miscues. Josh Allen, we're going to talk a lot about Josh Allen, protection issues, Gabe Davis, 
We'll do snap counts. We'll talk about Dorian Williams, some other defensive notes, studs and duds, all kinds of stuff here. But let's get into these offensive miscues. And as I watched this offensive tape, it became very clear to me that Josh Allen really struggled in this game. And I know that nobody ever wants to hear that Josh Allen played poorly. And I'm sure lots of you are going to yell at me for saying that Josh Allen played poorly, but he did. Could things have been better around him? Absolutely. Could Ken Dorsey have been a little better in this game? Absolutely. But I thought the top reason for how the offense performed against New England was the play of Josh Allen. Let's get into it. Let me give you some themes from what I observed. And I think as more people study the tape, you're going to see a lot of what I'm sharing being echoed throughout those who watch film. I thought his processing and decision-making was really off in this game. Had some very frustrating turndowns, especially under pressure. And I thought his whole mental approach was very poor with protections and how he set protections, working away from where the protections were set. Not necessarily feeling or sensing or seeing or reacting to pressure schemes correctly based on what New England was giving him. I thought his tempo was poor. He didn't get through progressions with enough urgency, especially when New England either had pressure or New England had very obvious route combinations leveraged and his eyes needed to be in different places. He was late to process pressure. I mean, just they're, they're sending extra guys and he's not, it's not affecting the way that he's attacking the play. I thought his trigger was incredibly slow. Once again, his average time to throw over 3.15 seconds. That's going to put a lot of stress on your offensive line. And I, have plenty of criticism for those guys, but I mean, Mac Jones got the ball out in 2.2 seconds. I mean, literally a full second quicker. The amount of stress that that puts on the offensive line compared to what Josh did is really different. Yeah, he absolutely had some accuracy lapses, right? The two misfires to Stefan Diggs, right? The deep shot, then the outbreaking pattern, missed him. Josh has to get back to taking profits and playing smart football. His average depth of target against New England was 10.6. There were issues with Josh Allen not getting the team out of bad run looks. Another situation where they're trying to run the ball to a side of the formation where there's four Patriots players for two Bills offensive linemen to block. You can't run the play. Not making correct decisions on run pass options. I mean, honestly, minus the quantity of turnovers, I felt a lot of things about Josh Allen that I did in that Jets game in week one. Thought he was chasing some plays and just not doing the smart, correct thing with any level of consistency that's needed to win a football game. And I'm not talking about Josh Allen not being Josh Allen. That's not what I'm saying. But within the context of a football game, there are certain times where you just need to take the profit. You need to go to the smart place with a football. And Josh Allen didn't do that. Now, I'm confident this analysis is going to be met with some resistance, some anger towards me for daring to say that Josh Allen played poorly and not pointing enough fingers at Ken Dorsey or enough fingers at not being able to trust the offensive line or weapons, whatever whatever you want to point it to. I watched that game. I studied it in depth. The biggest problem on the offense was 17. 
The tape to me was clear. And you know what? If you want to be mad at me, that's fine. I care way more about being honest with you in terms of what I'm seeing than getting yelled at. Josh Allen's not perfect. He makes mistakes. He has bad games. And this is absolutely one of them. Missed so many opportunities. And he did some good. There's no doubt. I enjoyed the three touchdown drives in the second half. I enjoyed a lot lot of what he did to get the team in scoring position in the first half. But I'm left thinking a whole lot more about the plays he didn't make, about the plays that were left on the field, about the times where he could have done the smart, correct thing with the football and just mentally was not sharp in this game. Decision-making issues, protection issues, just issues galore. You need more out of Josh Allen. I know that's hard to say based on what he's given you, But when you look at this game, and that's what I'm talking about, this game, this loss to the Patriots, I thought the biggest problem with the offense was the quarterback. Stick with me, folks. We're going to talk more about the offense and, of course, the defense. But I need to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And folks, it is so easy to create a free job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. And then once you do, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. So why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Folks, you got to check out prize picks. Prize picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format of how you play prize picks is awesome. I love it. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against Thousands of other players, including pros, including Sharks, it's you versus numbers. Here's what you do. All you do is you select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. Does not take long. You can make an entry in under a minute. And when you win, the withdrawals are super quick. I love all these sports right now, right? We got the NHL, NFL, college football, baseball, postseason. You got a lot going on in the world of sports. And it's just even more exciting when you have an entry going into a slate of games. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, I mentioned Josh Allen was the biggest problem with the offense, but that doesn't mean there weren't other problems. And so I want to get into that now in this segment as we close out the offensive notes and get into the defense here. But outside of Josh Allen, I thought there were protection issues and and protection issues in ways that we really haven't seen this season very much, maybe week one against the Jets. But Josh Allen's been pretty clean and well-protected this year, I say, in totality. Not in this game, right? He didn't get sacked a ton, but he was under pressure 41% of his dropbacks. That's a that's a clip that's way too high. That's double what the Bills, probably more than double what the Bills had on Mac, Mac Jones. And so, yeah, did you have guys that took some L's? Yes, Dietrich Wise beat Spencer Brown a couple of times. Osiris Torrance 
had issues with Christian Barmore all game long. I mean, this was definitely Osiris Torrance's worst game in pass protection. Just got worked by Barmore, who gives the Bills fits. And Barmore gave Mitch Morse fits as well. I think this is one of Mitch Morse's worst performances overall as a pass blocker that I've seen with him in a Bills uniform. So you go from, I mean, look at it. That's center, right guard, right tackle. Those three guys all struggled. I think certainly the most was Torrance and Morse. Spencer Brown had two losses that I charted um, in pass protection with Dietrich Wise, where Dietrich Wise did a good job of just kind of using his length and, and getting Spencer's hands off of him and then creating that softened angle to get around him. Not that he gave up a sack or anything, but there were two pretty big pressures, but nothing compared to what we saw from Torrance and Mitch Morse. I thought also James Cook was a was a disaster in pass protection, falling over himself, not getting in the right spots, getting worked. Uh, that was a problem for the Bills was just some of that help that you're used to giving the offensive line. James Cook really wasn't up to the up to the task when he had the opportunity to pass block. And so you're probably thinking to yourself, Joe, you said Josh Allen played poorly. I sure did. He refused to throw hot on several occasions during obvious pressure looks. He didn't have the team in the right pressure, like sliding the right direction, just too many miscues. He has to manage that better, both the pre-snap and the post-snap part of pressure. And and Josh just played poorly. Just played poorly. How about Gabe Davis? One of the things I wanted to check the tape on in this game was, all right, is there more for 13? Could he be making more plays? Well, I think the answer to that is yes, but why isn't he, right? Why wasn't he more of a factor in this football game? Only one catch on five yards, or excuse me, one catch for five yards on six targets. And look, I, I would even say that most of his targets were afterthoughts, extended plays. Josh is getting outside the pocket, just throwing up to 13, and a lot of times it wasn't even catchable. But I think the reality is Gabe is who he is. All this talk about his involvement on shorter routes, higher efficiency, it's not happening. The same old, same old with, with Gabe. Can't uncover quickly. Very limited route runner. Most of his routes are down the field. He's got gradual build-up speed. He's just an inconsistent, limited football player. He lacks explosiveness. He lacks route running ability. Not that he can't run a route like he's not physically incapable, but that ability to be sudden, that ability to separate, that ability to have speed in and out of breaks that create separation, he doesn't have it. It's not in his bag. And so when you can only produce one way, which is being big and getting open down the field because you can run to space and you can leverage your body at the catch point and make catches, that's a limited way to win. And so when you need to be able to lean into a player and they can only win a certain way, they're just limited and they can't help you with consistency. And that's why you see an inconsistent football player in Gabe Davis, not to mention the drops. And so I'm just... I think he had me for a moment watching him at training camp and feeling good about some of that chemistry between him and Josh. But I mean, this is, this is something that's not going away. In my opinion, this is how I felt during the season for four years in a row now about Gabe Davis, even when he was a rookie and he was more flashy, there was a lot of hype where, you know, what can this guy be? Can he be a number one? And what's the ceiling here? And I'm like, I don't think there's much of a ceiling here. He makes cool plays down the field because he's big and strong and can, get himself leverage at the catch point, but is, is he a route winner? He's never been a route winner. It's not going to happen, folks. I've watched him at UCF. I've watched him under Josh Heupel. I've watched him under Brian Dable. I've watched him under Ken Dorsey. He's not a route winner. And expecting that to suddenly be different is foolish. He's told us who he is. I'm going to believe him. 
can only win a certain way. Offensive snap counts. The Bills played 71 offensive snaps. Josh Allen was the quarterback for all 71. The offensive line, Dawkins, McGovern, Morse, Torrance, Brown, all 71. David Edwards with four snaps as the big tight end. Maybe he'll do more of that now with, you know, Knox going to miss time and, you know, Morris is probably going to miss a bit more time as well, a couple more weeks, I'd guess. At tight end, Dawson Knox played 45 of 71 snaps. Dalton Kincaid, 43. At running back, James Cook, 37. Latavius Murray, 33. Ty Johnson played one snap. And Reggie Gilliam played four. And then wide receiver. And my apologies, I think I skipped over wide receiver last week. I won't do do that again. Wide receiver, Gabe Davis, 68 snaps. Stefan Diggs, 62. Khalil Shakir, 24. Deontay Hardy, 19. Trent Sherfield, 16. I'll make a note here on Khalil Shakir. I, I really kind of like what I'm seeing from him. Obviously, four nice catches in this game, but his effort as a blocker has really upticked, in my opinion. That's been nice to see, and that's something that's important uh, for the Bills and how they like to use their receivers, even sometimes as a play side blocker, sometimes as an insert blocker. And Khalil Shakir has really risen to the occasion. So those are my offensive notes and the things that I really wanted to share with you as it relates to the All-22 review. Now let's talk about the defense and where I want to start the defensive conversation. Look, I, I went in on the defense yesterday. Look, I talked about how bad the Patriots' offense was. I measured it against um, what they did against the Bills and statistically where they've been. I have grace for the Bills on defense because of the injuries, but it, it was still bad. It, it wasn't It wasn't just talent, right? It wasn't that the Bills lacked talent to be able to play against the Patriots. Uh, guys were making mistakes, and I thought, I thought there there was there were more issues than just not having Trey White, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, and Matt Milano. And I want to start with Dorian Williams. I think we're we're all curious about him. I've been dialed in on him every snap to this point, seeing what he can offer in relief of Matt Milano. And I'll tell you what, Dorian Williams was rough in this game. He was benched after 21 snaps, and he deserved to be benched after 21 snaps. If you remember the early game for New England, they came out with uh, a lot of motion, and that and a lot of misdirection, and that absolutely wrecked Dorian Williams. I'm sure that when the Patriots were game planning for Buffalo, they came out with a plan and said, if 42's on the field, we're going to attack him, and that's exactly what they did. Dorian Williams played 21 snaps. In those 21 snaps, he had two missed tackles, so his missed tackle uh, rate is up to 25% on the season, and he also conceded three completions for 60 yards. So five pretty significant blunders in 21 snaps, not to mention other opportunities to squeeze routes. But I, his his straight when the run when they want to run a traditional run play, Dorian Williams is awesome, man. He blows it up. He plays physical. He runs all over the place. You love all that type of stuff. But you just watch him over enough snaps, and you realize how raw he is, how and just how far he has to go as a player to to be a reliable, consistent performer. Right? Even you you take a lot of bad with the good, and and, and in fact, it's too much bad that you have to take with the good. And look, I don't blame Dorian. This wasn't the plan, right? He wasn't supposed to be playing right now. And so he's thrust into action. I have a lot of grace for him. But right now, he's a whole lot more of a liability than anything as it relates to this Buffalo Bills defense. And so eventually, Tyrell Dotson comes into the game. And I thought he performed a lot better, particularly against the run and handling the misdirection and the motion. But the coverage was hit or miss. But what I can tell you about Dotson's coverage compared to Williams' coverage is Tyrell didn't allow the monster plays that Dorian did in, in coverage. So just a little bit more secure of a player, despite his own limitations. 
And then you actually, I want to point this out. This is interesting. You had some instances built with the Bills defensively in this game where on some of the passing situations, you saw a personnel grouping that we haven't seen yet. So Dane Jackson, Christian Benford are your outside corners. Taron Johnson's your slot player. But then it was Micah Hyde and Taylor Rapp as deep safeties with Bernard and Poyer as linebackers with Poyer in the Milano role. And what's funny is I watched this opening sequence from the Bills defense, and I'm thinking about Dorian Williams and all the pre-snap motions and all the problems that he had with it, and I'm thinking, you don't have a chance against Miami. You don't have a chance of 42s on the field against Miami. And then I saw Jordan Poyer playing some linebacker, and I thought to myself, all right, that gives that gives me a chance, right, to, to be able to um, deal with some of that pre-snap motion and obvious passing situations. But the Bills the Bills are in a little bit of a – have an issue here at linebacker. Um, and we'll see what happens moving forward. I'm wondering if it's a platoon between Tyrell Dotson and Dorian Williams, if other teams are going to see some of these issues with Dorian Williams, and if he's on the field, attack him in certain ways that frustrate him, or if they're going to make a move. I don't know. But um, it's pretty concerning um, in terms of what that upside is next to uh, Terrell Bernard. And um, you know, even Terrell Bernard had his own issues in coverage in this game, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But look, maybe you want to get to a Bills game. You want to go to Thursday Night Football against the Bucks. You want to go to some Sabres games. Well, check out Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, all-in prices. So when you go on the app, the price you see is the price you pay. They give you a seat image, right? So if you want to pick out your seat, you can look and see exactly what it's going to look like when you get to the venue. they got a best price guarantee. Simply put, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I love the app. They have flash deals. You get on there. Sometimes you get a a special deal, last-minute tickets, and everything is super easy to navigate. And I also love this. They send the tickets right to your phone. You don't have to dig through emails to get your tickets. They go right to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDONNFL. That'll get you 20 bucks off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, folks, let's uh, continue this defensive conversation. Talk about the snap counts and then, uh, of course, studs and duds to close us out. So Dorian Williams struggles. They bring in Tyrell Dotson. They have this Jordan Poyer linebacker role that I, I haven't seen yet. So I wanted to point that out to you. Uh, as for the defensive tackles, man, oh, man, was that not good at all. Uh, just major issues, major, major issues uh, at defensive tackles. It, it was as bad as I thought it was going to be, especially uh, Jordan Phillips. I mean, Jordan Phillips just could not anchor, getting blown off the ball left and right. I mean, the middle three of the Patriots offensive line just dominated all day long. And so... You know, you had low expectations at Oliver and Daquan Jones, but you thought maybe Jordan Phillips is a veteran, could bring something he couldn't. Kendall Vickers off the practice squad was an absolute disaster at defensive tackle, getting rooted out of gaps. I mean, Tim Settle was not anchoring well. He was getting too far up the field, just not having good fundamental gap integrity. He didn't get blown off the ball like I saw Jordan Phillips, but he still wasn't in his fit. It was rough. I mean, even Greg Rousseau didn't play the run well. Wasn't good. I mean, Shaq Lawson and A.J. Epinesa were probably the Bills' two best run defenders in the game on the defensive line, and that certainly makes things very, very difficult. Also with the pass rush, right? The Bills' pass rush was MIA in this game. 
which is pretty disappointing. And that's how Mac Jones can go out and probably have the best performance of his career. Mac Jones getting the first game-winning drive of his career. He hadn't had a game like that in a long time, 20-25, 272 with two touchdowns. Well, he didn't get any pressure on him. He gets the ball out an average of 2.2 seconds. It's easy to hit throws, playing pitch and catch. You got your the middle of your defense is just an absolute wreck all game long. And so that starts up front. You're not getting any push. You're not getting any pressure. And then in the middle of the field, Mac Jones worked it. I mean, 17 of 20 completing passes in the middle of the field. Mac Jones. Remember, he's 20 of 25 for the game. 17 of 20 to the middle of the field. Taron Johnson got worked. One of the worst games I've seen out of Taron Johnson. It was definitely Terrell Bernard's worst day in coverage. I mentioned Dorian Williams and the problems that he had. When you isolate those three players, Johnson, Bernard, and Williams, your slot corner and your two starting linebackers, so not either outside corner, not either starting safety, 195 yards of the Pats, 272 passing yards went against those guys. And so your lack of pass rush and then a lot of rot of in-breaking routes, right? Routes kind of coming outside in to the middle of the field. Mac Jones is just making easy throws. Nobody's getting home. It's easy pitch and catch. Mac, Mac Jones is only under pressure seven times in 33 dropbacks. Edge rushers were a non-factor, except for a couple of times I thought Epinesa was okay. A couple of times I thought Floyd was okay. Von Miller played six snaps, all in the first half, none in the second half. I wonder how much of that is the Thursday night game. I don't know, but if he's healthy enough to play, he's got to play and he needs to make an impact. Otherwise, you should have started the 21-day window and given him three weeks of practice time before you put him out on the field. So maybe you mismanage that situation as well. Defensive snap counts, 60 snaps for the defense. Defensive tackle, Tim Settle, 36. Jordan Phillips, 34. Puna Ford, 27. Kendall Vickers, 16. Defensive end, A.J. Epinesa, 32. Leonard Floyd, 32. Greg Rousseau, 30. Shaq Lawson, 26. Von Miller, 6. Kingsley Jonathan with 1. I'll say this about Kingsley Jonathan. He's the new Daryl Johnson. He played every phase of special teams in this game. So uh, when you think about Kingsley Jonathan, he's a young developing defensive end, but he's also helping the, the Bills cover kicks and punts and block for a kick and punt return. A linebacker, Terrell Bernard, all 60 snaps. Tyrell Dotson, 31. Dorian Williams, 21. Christian Ben, or at corner, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson played all 60 snaps. Poyer and Hyde played all 60 snaps at safety, and then Taylor Rapp played seven snaps. And that was kind of he came in for the, those moments where Poyer went down to linebacker. And then um, I guess at that time, it was Tyrell Dotson that came off the field. Studs and duds. And again, my criteria for studs and duds is whatever I want it to be. Um, if you made enough of an impact for me to think you should be a stud or a dud, I put you in there. So I have two studs this week. Dalton Kincaid uh, caught every pass thrown to him. Career high, 75 receiving yards looking like he can be uh, an obvious asset to this football team. Not that we ever doubted that. It was just about getting him the opportunity, got more opportunity, and made some plays. Wish he had more opportunity, to be honest with you. Jordan Poyer as well. I thought the tape really affirmed uh, the impact that we felt watching it, not just the sack, not not just the forced fumble, but sound in his coverage assignments, good angles to the football, good physical tackles. Jordan Poyer, Poyer played well. As for duds, we got a few of those this time around. Josh Allen, dud. Osiris Torrance, Mitch Morse, Gabe Davis, Jordan Phillips, Taron Johnson. I think when you consider who the worst performers that needed to not be bad performers, it's Josh, 
Torrance, Morse, Gabe Davis, Jordan Phillips, Taron Johnson. So you have it, the All-22 review on the Bills' Week 7 loss to the New England Patriots, and I'm very excited to turn the page um, because the best thing for this team is to play on Thursday and win. Now, if they don't win, it's going to be a long 10 days before the Bills get up back out on the field, but we'll deal with that if we have to deal with that. I'd love to get this one behind us and focus on the Buccaneers. So that's our next conversation. I'll give you my full Bills Bucks primer tomorrow afternoon. And then remember, double dip on Wednesday, uh, where I'm going to give you my crossover preview with Locked On Bucks and my final notes injury update with Dr. Kyle Trimble and my prediction. So double dip on Wednesday. Thursday will be post game, and then Friday will be the next All 22 review. Uh, join the Lockdown Bill subtext community. I've got something really fun that I'm going to roll out uh, probably on Friday, maybe, maybe sooner this week, um, where we're going to add a lot to what we're offering there. And it's only going to be available to subtext subscribers. So check that out. There's a link in today's show notes to join. And I think that's it. Turn the page. On to the next one. Get well soon, Dawson Knox. Josh Allen, please play better. Dial in, please, brother. You're costing this football team right now. All right, as always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills! I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.